still waiting for a big smile out of you. You're up 2-0. What's the story? Are you not happy or? Stay to be happy about. You're up 2-0. The job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jobs Not Finished podcast. Now, this week is a very exciting week. I am excited that this guest was able to make time to join the podcast. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. Um, today's guest is a data analyst. They post a lot of content on the happenings within the stock market, the ups and downs. Um, they also post a lot about how you can increase your streams of passive income. Some people call him Millennial Batman. Others call him the person who sits in front of Meatball. But uh, it's it's a pleasure that this person was able to take the time out to join the podcast. So thank you so much, Andrew Mo Money. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Job's not finished. Now, I am familiar. You know, I've been watching the live streams uh, the past three weeks, uh, catching the daily content. But for those that may be joining who are not aware, um, in your own words, I guess, how would you, who is Andrew Mo Money? Ooh, how, who is Andrew Mo Money? Well, uh, you, you mentioned it. I, uh, some people call millennial money Batman, but instead of uh, uh, gadgets that do cool tricks on my uh, utility belt, all my gadgets do on my belt is help you save and uh, accrue more money. Uh, and that is the, the ethos is uh, you guys might be 20 years old. You might, might still be in school. You guys might be 30, 40 years old. And the main point is how can we get that six-figure salary in six months? How can we get to become a millionaire within the next 10 to 15 years? Uh, we are all working on the same grind. And so I'm hoping that my channel creates a little, uh, a little pocket of special tools that you can use to get either a six-figure salary in six months or uh, become a millionaire as soon as you can. Yeah, now guys, if you go on the channel, again, it's listed as Andrew Mo Money on YouTube, you will be surprised at how much free content there is, just step-by-step -step guides. There is premium content as well, but there's so much free content for you to uh, learn a lot more and become educated on different topics, and it's really great, so you should check it out. Uh, now, Andrew, I do follow the live streams, you know, and uh, they help me out while I'm working, and I play it up in the background, so it's really great that you're right here in front of me now, and I can have this conversation with you, but... Um, it, it, through the live stream, I've heard that you say you run three miles a day, you know, between that and streaming your full-time job, uh, creating the DDs, keeping up with the stock market and your own personal life. I guess, how do you maintain that work-life balance and like your sanity? How do you maintain that? I love that question. Thank you for the, you know, the, 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 the loosey-goosey feel-good questions. Uh, in my opinion, at the end of the day, if you break down your day into two parts, you should be able to consider being twice as productive. And this is the thing that I try to bring into every conversation. I learned this from Charlie Chang, who's another YouTuber. Uh, and uh, what he says is, if you decide to wake up at the, let's say the millionaire time to wake up, which is uh, 5 to 6 a.m., you then can start blocking off your day from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then have uh, like maybe a break, maybe have some lunch if you, if you uh, fast from uh, the time you wake up to the time that you have lunch. Then you have an hour break and then you treat the next day as 2 p.m. to like 7 p.m. And then you have like an hour or two hours to goof off at the end of the day. That way you still get your eight hours of sleep. You still get um, as much productivity as possible. But then there's this behavior hack in your brain that says if you waste 
the first part of this morning, you should feel just as bad as if you wasted an entire day. And then if you waste uh, an entire day, you've wasted two entire days. And that changes the amount of uh, risk averseness you have to uh, sitting on your butt and, and not working as hard as you could. Now that said, I'm a perfectionist. Um, I'm a type A personality. Not everyone should be like me. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, if I'm not feeling productive, I'm not feeling very happy. I do see that, you know, work ethic and grind and, you know, to help you keep it up and you continue to be successful. Uh, you know, if I can shift to the stock market, uh, and again, guys, nothing we're saying here is going to be financial advice. It's just for educational purposes. Um, for new investors that are joining now, uh, you know, there has been a lot of noise behind the stock market. So there are a lot of new investors signing up. They may be wondering, you know, one week it's green and then the next day it's re all red in the stock market. So is this just a very volatile time or would you say this is just how the stock market has, how the stock market has always been? It's a really good question. The stock market is a, a bunch of people guessing how much things are worth. Uh, when it comes down to, you know, Amazon being a $3,000 stock versus, um, you know, Tesla being an $800 stock. Uh, it doesn't really reflect the value of the company so much as what people think the value of the company should be. So when it comes down to a market that was two weeks in the green, so two weeks rising not over and over again, that means that perhaps the, uh, a couple of things that people have thought the market was valued at was overvalued. So as of right now, a lot of finance YouTubers and uh, financial analysts were saying that the bubble is going to be uh, popped very soon. And that's something that we could be seeing. On, on Wednesday, we had uh, like a 20% downturn uh, at one point for uh, a couple of the cannabis sector stocks, um, uh, maybe for the EV in industry as well, especially if you follow the CCIV uh, story, it is humongously bad for them. Uh, but then um, a, a course correction happened and the two possibilities right now are still in everyone's mind. Is this a market correction, which means did everyone overvalue these stocks, like I just explained, and now the actual value of the stocks are being are being shown? Or is this just a pullback where too many investors are getting scared, so they decide to not invest, basically sell, exit their positions, and, uh, and they're going to come back sometime soon? If, the, if it's the latter possibility, then you should be in good hands if you're a new investor. If it is a market correction, then just know that the prices of the stocks that you currently see, even if it's a sea of red, might just be the true value of the stock as of right now. And I, I feel like that's great advice for especially new investors and maybe even like veterans that may not, may be confused on what's going on if they're not keeping up with the meme stocks. But um, GME, do you think that we'll get more out of the next hearing or will Vlad still, you know, appreciate every question until the Congress people have to yield their time? That's a really good question. I appreciate that question. Um, when I was a young boy in Bulgaria, uh, I think that, I think that Vlad, uh, and for those who don't know, the CEO of Robinhood, uh, did dodge a good amount of questions. I had a lot of fun making a compilation of all the questions he dodged on my channel. Um, I would say that Vlad in particular is, is likely just caught up in a big fray of clearing houses and hedge funds and the market makers that uh, don't want GME to blow up, right? Um, in that sense, the real questions that we should be asking is how can market makers make good on their promise that this won't happen again? How can uh, hedge funds make good on their promise that this won't happen again, even though their interests are directly aligned with it happening again? And by it, I mean restricting the buy options for uh, these brokers that uh, you know millions of investors use uh, and still allowing them to sell. If you restrict one half of the market, 
uh, the, the buy side, you are essentially saying the price of the stock cannot go up because when people buy, the price of the stock goes up. When people sell, the price of the stock goes down. If you freeze the entire market, that's a completely different equation. But if you only freeze one side, you are manipulating the market, right? Still have a lot of uh, the evidence is out. There's not true evidence about whether or not this is, uh, you know, a coercion or a manipulation of the market, but it doesn't look good for anybody. And hopefully the next hearing, which is going to be scheduled in the early March, uh, I'm going to be live streaming it. Hopefully we're going to get some answers out of that. I will definitely be tuning into that uh, live stream. You know, I did watch that last one on your channel and it was really funny with the comments you were making and especially when, you know, DFV would come on and you'd be like, oh, let's go, you know, it's DFV. But um, I know we can't give stock market advice, but if you can give advice to someone that's looking to get into the field of data science and analysis or, you know, someone looking to start a career in there, any steps they should take, anything they should avoid or any general insight into that? These questions are really good. Um, uh, I would say the, the most important part about data science is that it is narrative driven. And that means your portfolio as well. If a lot of people I've mentee, sorry, I've mentored and coached over 30 to 40 different people by now, one-on-one -on -one mentorships. Uh, I still do that out of my website, datalooptech.com. Uh, and one of the things that I always mention is that if you have put in the time to do like either a bootcamp or put a bunch of portfolios under your belt, uh, so a bunch of like theoretical projects, right? Like Kaggle uh, projects, or uh, maybe you're trying to scrape your own data. All of that said, if there isn't a stakeholder on the other side, it's going to be hard to sell yourself as someone who has more than zero years of experience. And that's the biggest question as a hiring manager myself. I ask myself, does this person on this resume have more than zero years of experience? And if it turns out that all they want to talk about is their boot camp or their school academic projects or um, a, a Kaggle project, then immediately that light bulb goes off and says, this person doesn't have a real stakeholder. Uh, this person doesn't know how to manage themselves. And especially if you're pivoting uh, from an analyst position or a finance, or a finance position, uh, that's going to be a really hard sell. So instead of working that tricky path of trying to get theoretical experience, try and work for free. Do pro bono work. Go on Upwork. Get a client. Get uh, real people that uh, are asking you to do things. And then tell the interviewer what kind of metric were you able to push. What kind of KPI were you able to actually call your own? Because the biggest question when I hear you did a blankety-blank project that had a machine learning model that had this much accuracy is... What part of that did you do? What part of what are you an agent of change or are you just a person following the crowd? And if I can answer that question, and I can answer the question, how many years of experience do you actually have? Then I would feel comfortable hiring you. Well, guys, Andrew has been there. He's done that. And, you know, a, a lot of people who have done it, they don't like explaining, you know, showing people how to do it. And but I really appreciate that insight. I think a lot of people that are looking to get into this field will really find value in that as well. Um, and I know, you know, Andrew has to jump off. He is going on a live stream. There are a lot of things going on with GME and the stock market that he will be covering. But if I can ask one last question before we sign off. Absolutely. Okay, so we have the name Meatball, uh, Data Leap. You know, what are the origins of those names? Uh, Data Leap was a random name that came up to me. Uh, I, it's really hard to find a brand, right? So I like your, I like your brand, uh, Jobs Not Finished. means like, I love double entendres. Um, uh, but in my head, I'm like, I need something that has SEO capability. I need something that can be a hashtag. So it can't be multiple words. Uh, and then finally, I needed something that like explains itself, like data and then something. Um, unfortunately, when I when I coined Data Leap, that already existed on Instagram and on other places. So I had to put Data Leap Tech. 
Uh, and that was already the, the beginning of a bad brand. Um, but the reason why Andrew Mo Money made more sense is being able to uh, coin a phrase that once again, describes itself, um, but also has a human touch to it. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I know that your brand is gonna take off soon, man. Uh, if you can somehow, uh, it's never too late to pivot, especially if you have less than a thousand or even 10,000 people following you. Um, when I pivoted to Andrew Mo or then Andrew Mo Money, it made perfect sense because at that point, that brand resonated with a lot more people and it had a real person's name on it. Um, so for Data Leap, random chance, Andrew Mo, it just made it a lot more sense and slowly built to that. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely will be taking that advice to heart. And thank you again, Andrew, for joining. Uh, guys, you guys can catch him, Andrew Mo Money. Uh, on all social media platforms, go watch his YouTube videos, follow him on IG, join the Patreon, support the channel. You know, it, the channel, it's already going to the moon. Uh, you know, it, it's probably going to the sun. You know, I'm not sure where it's going, but I'm glad I can see it live and see the success play out. And I wish you continued success. But thank you so much again, Andrew. I really appreciate you for coming on. Let's do this again sometime. I really appreciate it.